Greetings and welcome to the Trauma and Social Work Podcast. Thank you for listening to Season 2. You are listening to Tanya Octave, Licensed Clinical Social Worker. My goal is to provide education, resources, suggested practices, and understand more about the aspects of trauma and social work. This podcast is for you because we are all impacted by trauma. I am your host. Go grab your notepad, pen, or pencil, a warm cup of tea, and let's get down to business. This season is to focus on the voices of others impacted by trauma. Although I may speak on behalf of others with their permission, this is still their voice. You will hear from social workers, parents, families, children, teenagers, clinicians, and just so much more. You will hear from all people, regardless of their heritage, ethnic background, gender or sexuality, identification, social economic status, and much more. Let's take a deep, profound listening to all voices. podcast is not intended for medical, psychological, mental health, or legal advice. You should seek out a professional for individual and specific questions regarding your overall wellness. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, call 911 or go to the nearest emergency room. Let me introduce Neff to you. She is an educated college graduate, an African-American mother of three adorable and respectful children. She sings in a band, helps out with friends, and is fun to be around. She has lots of energy, and this energy is contagious. Neff followed most of the rules in terms of being in a relationship. She met a guy, fell in love, got married, and had kids. Then things changed in her life. Something happened beyond her control, and eventually this led to her getting a divorce. Now, Neff is not here to talk about her divorce, but her voice and what happened during her divorce is part of her story. It is important to hear from a parent who has experienced what a child abuse investigation feels like when you hear that knock on the door. Neff has her story, and there are many strengths and challenges. There are good and bad moments, and there are times, no matter how educated, how successful you feel, you may think you are immune to someone asking or questioning your role as a parent that you sometimes are looked down upon in some way. It may be challenging to empathize what it feels like when a social worker knocks on the door. You may feel defensive. Sometimes you may feel attacked. And other times you may feel a sense of relief. On the other hand, there may be the belief that the social worker only wants to take your children away from you and the idea that the social worker is not here to help. You have expectations. And sometimes you become discouraged in the process. Other times you may feel some sort of trauma. It's an invasion of your privacy, your child's privacy, and your family's privacy. 
it may develop a sense of shame. You may have some embarrassment. And talking about this can be very difficult and bring up trauma reminders. As I thought about what I would say and how to introduce Neff to you all, I had to do it from a place of compassion and sensitivity. I had to interview Neff knowing that her experiences may be traumatic and shameful to share with others. But on the other hand, Neff may also have comfort and relief. All parents are not the same in their reaction to social workers. We all have different experiences. So this is one's parent's experience. A parent who on a particular day answered the door or the phone and heard on the other line that there was an investigation of child abuse or neglect. I want to first thank you, Neff, for your time and commitment to doing this podcast with me. Neff, your voice is powerful. Your voice will help relay a message to others who need to hear it. Your voice is your voice. And thank you for being willing to share a little with us today. So, Neff, with that being said, welcome and welcome. Oh, wow. Um, Thank you very, very much, Tanya. I am so honored to... Um, be on the podcast. And that was an amazing introduction. You got me teary eyed, actually. So thank you. Um, you know, I, I'm just I'm blessed. It's been a journey, a very long journey. But by the grace of God, I'm on the other side of the difficult uh, moments. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm happy to be here with possession. I shouldn't say possession, but with my baby safely in tow. And they are now big boys and beautiful young men. And um, yeah, I'm just I, I have so much to be thankful for. So thank you for having me. Thank you. So when you think about your experience in working with social workers, can you share a story or two? Oh, absolutely. Um, Actually, I have a couple. Um, It's actually unfortunate because I would say going through family law, going through divorce, and as you alluded to earlier, you know, even though I'm not here to talk about divorce, unfortunately, because of that situation, that's what brought about these different interactions that I had with social workers. Um, I was married to my children's father. I have three beautiful boys, Jason, Jacob, and Joshua, who are now 19, 16, and 13. Uh, This was 10 years ago, so they were nine, six, and three. And um, every day was just terrifying because I didn't know what to expect, you know, going through divorce, um, you know, when you find out you're basically sleeping with the enemy, um, it's, it's just a shock on every level. And so at that point, knowing what I was facing, it was all about survival for my children and I, um, survival for me to make sure that I was able to focus on the tasks that were at hand because I'm, you know, mom and dad now to my children. Um, And so I was very thankful to go to therapy to get the help, the strength that I need. And I encourage people who are going through similar circumstances to do the same. There is no shame in getting help um, and that you can't get anywhere else. So I strongly encourage that if those of you, you if those of you who are listening find yourself in a similar situation, because that will help you to do what's necessary for you and your children. 
Um, and during that time, I was also um, seeking help and therapy for my sons because, you know, their trauma and going through, well, wait, mom and dad aren't going to be together anymore. And at that time, their dad didn't leave the house for a whole year because now we're immersed in this crazy legal battle. Um, and it, it was it was just unnecessary, unfortunate, and it was very hard on my kids. Um, so in one of our visits to the therapist, um, uh, the social worker, she asked to see the kids individually and separately. And so, you know, obviously, I wasn't going to object to that. I had no problem with that. So um, after she met with each of them, in particular, my oldest son, Jason, who was nine at the time, um, she brought me in and she began to ask me questions like, had I ever seen my ex-husband, you know, beat the kids or anything like that? And I, I told her no. And so she proceeded to tell me that my oldest son um, shared with her that um, he'd witnessed my ex-husband dangle my then three-year-old son by his ankle and spank him with the belt on more than one occasion when he was with them, with him. And so I'm devastated. I'm like, oh my gosh, like when was this even happening? When was this going on? And so she told me, she said, you know, um, I am a mandated reporter. Um, so I can't tell you what's going to come of this at all. That's all she told me. So we had a system, even though, you know, we were separated um, and had separate living quarters of the house, we did have a system where I worked days and he worked nights. And so I um, was in at my job in Rosemead. We live in the Inland Empire, but I, you know, commuted every day. So I'm getting a barrage of text messages from him. Do you know anything about this social worker? You know, what's going on? Who did you call? And so now I'm getting accused of reporting him and all of these different things. And I, I just said, look, I really don't know what you're talking about. Because again, I didn't know what the social worker at that point had done, if anything. And so it so, was- Nefri, just to slow mm -hmm. you down just a tad, it sounds mm -hmm. like when you took- a therapeutic setting um the right. interactions with the social workers seem pretty positive she right. you in, she talked with you and you mm -hmm. know noted that she was going to have to file a report when the social worker came to actually do begin the investigation what mm -hmm. do you remember about that process so that that was a different social worker. So and again, I'd never experienced anything like this. So I had no idea what was going on. Um, I guess there was another social worker that was called out by the county to do the investigation. And at that time, Joshua was going to preschool around the corner from where I worked. So my ex-husband only had Jason and Jacob at home and the social worker wanted to be able to examine Josh as well. So as soon as I get home, my ex-husband takes off. I guess he went to go file a counter report against me for uh, neglect. And so then there was an investigation on me too. Um, so I had to go and take Joshua down to the Riverside County, um, I guess, you know, DCFS office. And, um, you know, met with the social worker and he was very nice. Actually, he was the only nice one okay. that I encountered. Um, what, so he, what was it about him that made it seem comforting to you? He was very, 
he didn't treat us like it was a number. He took everything um, very seriously in terms of he he didn't look at it as, oh, well, you're just a disgruntled wife um, because her husband cheated on her. And so that's why all this is happening. Unlike the legal system with attorneys and judges, which took place, and then the other, the other social worker that I interacted with later on, um, he took the time to listen. He was very fair. Um, he asked me how I personally disciplined my children. He asked me if I'd ever spanked my children. And I said, yes, you know, but it was always if an occasion called for it. And that was always a last resort. And it was usually just a tap, tap, tap to get their attention. But my boys are amazing kids, you know, so those instances were very, very few and far between and if they happened at all. Um, but he was just very um, reassuring and he, he had to do his job. But at the same time, he, he treated us like we were human beings, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. Not just so the number. So there was a really good, healthy way of exchanging between that worker Correct. And you. And you also mentioned he was one of the only experiences. Can you share maybe a little bit about a negative experience you had with a social worker? Yes. So a few years later, that was 2011. Gosh, it's um, around 20. 16. It was around 2016. And so you would have thought that my divorce and again, I have to bring that up because it, it it's prompted everything um, that's related to, you know, the, the can of worms that were opened with us having all these different interactions with DCFS and social workers. But um, in 2016, I actually was blessed to get a job uh, working as a substitute teacher within the same district that we live. So, you know, I, my jobs were literally like five to 10 minutes away from the house. And so I was no longer commuting at that time. Um, I'd gone from commuting to, from, um, let's see, Eastvale, sorry, to Rosemead and then from Eastvale to Pico Rivera, which isn't too far away from Rosemead at all. They're neighboring cities. So you're talking about with traffic an hour and a half commute one way every day. That's what I was doing. So in 2016, when I started working closer to home, Jacob and Joshua were off track because within the Corona Norco Unified School District, they had track systems, which, you know, it's basically it's year round. So they were on this particular track where um, they would be off for a, a month. And so it just so happened that I got an emergency call to go and cover a teacher with, with the school that was directly right around the corner from my house. Um, my next door neighbor and very good friend who kept the boys for me all the time, her front door was literally 20 minutes away from my front door. She had a key to my, um, my house. I also had emergency numbers on the fridge and everything else. But being a single mom, you know, doing what you have to do, I, you know, went on ahead, took the job. It was only for four hours that day. And at that same time, I got a notice in the mail from my attorney saying that my ex-husband's wages, the wage garnishment was finally approved. So I knew that wasn't going to make him happy. And I said, you know what? I guarantee you, I I knew something was going to happen. I said, I'm going to get a card from 
a social worker on my front door. It's going to happen. I just know that that's what was going to happen. Within a week, sure enough, I got a card on my front door from a social worker. And um, I won't give her name, although, <laughs> oh, it's very hard not to. <laughs> but anyway, um, I had no problem calling her, you know, because there is nothing to hide, right? So she, we set up the appointment, she comes by, you know, I told her, you know, I'm available. Um, she asked when the boys would be home. So she wanted to be able to see them in their natural environment, and so on and so forth. So we began to talk, I had to give her the history of what's been going on at that point over the last five years, um, you know, with uh, the ex and I. And so she had to do a walkthrough of the house and all of that. She met with the kids individually. She'd gone to the school and met with them over there. Um, but she was just very brazen. Um, I told her and I made it clear to her that I did not want him knowing anything about where I worked just because I had some other issues, you know, regarding um, his mistress harassing me, different things like that. So I wanted that pr kept private. She disregarded that and told him anyway, oh, yeah, well, she's a teacher for the district, so she's close by. She's not commuting to Pico Rivera. You know, she was just very, um, it, it didn't matter to her, I guess is what I'm saying. I felt like we were more of a number, and it was just, okay, this is what she needed to do to clear her, uh, her docket before her shift ended at 5 o'clock. Um, I have no respect for social workers for attorneys, for mediators um, who behave in such ways because their word essentially can carry so much weight that impacts children and can lead to more suffering. And my kids did suffer for a really long time um, in the environment with their dad and uh, his now wife. I could care less about what he does. That's his life. I had to forgive him for a whole lot of things. Um, and the only thing that I've ever asked from day one is that we just work together for the sake of our children. And it's taken him a long time and he still has struggles now. Um, but that's where prayer changes things. And, you know, little by little, it's getting better. But yes, um, social workers were definitely used as weapons during that time. Um, and again, my children were the ones that suffered. I was more terrified of losing my kids, even though there was no way possible. But at the same time, you really do think, is it possible for me to lose my kids? It, you know, can find something that, you know, is not fair. And just because it's their perception and it's not the reality, is it possible? Could I really lose my kids? I don't know. And we still had an active case within the court system. What if that gets back to the courts? You know, so all these things play into this whole entire, um, I don't know, uh, game. It, it, that's what it is. And it's so sad. Um, and again, I know that social workers are so overworked and so understaffed and the, the case loads that they have, it's unimaginable because I do have a lot of friends who are social workers and they've given me insight as well. And so for those social workers, my heart goes out because they're the genuine ones and the ones that we need. But the ones that literally just look at a case and it's just, oh yeah, yeah. It's just the typical scenario and that's all and they don't hear everything, then that's what concerns me.
that's what concerns me. So um, I have wow. other situations, but you know, those I could definitely tell you um, the one that kicked it all off. And then the last one, um, based upon the fact that my ex was, you know, not too happy that I need to be able to provide a roof for our children and food to eat. He didn't like that. So that's how that last visit got prompted. And he thought that, you know, he had me in his clutches because he assumed that I was leaving the kids home from 7.30 in the morning to 6.30 at night, you know, while I was away at Pico Rivera, which wasn't the case. Okay. You know, one thing you and I want to start wrapping things up. So maybe if you can keep this a little brief, but you mentioned that your children were impacted by the interaction with the social workers. Mm -hmm. How did you see, and you can maybe do it a little broad. How did you see that they were impacted during, you know, the time social workers were asking them questions? Well, they were, they were scared. They were very, very scared because they knew that they needed to say something but at the same time, they were scared of what their dad was going to do. They were scared of what his, at that time, girlfriend was going to do. Um, and they were afraid of getting in trouble. And because they do love their dad and they did love their dad and do love their dad, they didn't want to betray him. So even though they had a safe space to share what they needed to share with the therapist, at the same time, they stopped talking to the therapist because they didn't want to get in trouble and they didn't want to betray their dad. So mm. it. Wow. What a beautiful opportunity for us to hear from a parent about their family experience. There was much shared by Neff in her experiences during her time of a divorce. I think it was clear that there were some breakdowns during her investigation. Neff expressed the difficulties with keeping her children safe and thriving during her divorce. The frustrations and irritations that arise between two adults who are divorcing, and this is often driven by emotions, jealousy, and sometimes even rage, this impacts the children. In Neff's experience, she and her children both were impacted. She did not feel she could trust social workers. They lied to her about things she wanted to keep confidential. Neff described an experience for her children. Her three children were not supported by the social workers and they feared talking to social workers about their concerns of abuse or neglect. Neff and her children felt that social workers, along with other professionals, were not fair in their decisions and used their power to terrify this family. I am glad I had at least, well, I will say, I am glad she had at least, the family had at least one positive experience with a social worker. A social worker is when a family feels heard. Um... It is when they take the time to listen to the family's story without jumping to conclusions. Neff noticed her positive experience as she described it in her work with the male social worker. This was because he was honest and fair. And although he may have made decisions that Neff did not agree with at the time, she felt that he treated her and her children with respect. My interview with Neff was a little different than my prior interviews. It was important for me to allow her to share her story with little influence or guidance for me. This is something that social workers that investigated the concerns of abuse or neglect did not provide to this family. So this was their space. It is just a nice reminder 
to be honest, be respectful, be considerate and compassionate towards others. Thank you, Neff, for sharing your experience with us in this brief but authentic way. You are an amazing mother to your children and your energy flows out to those who know you. And you are your children's best advocate. listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with others. Like below and subscribe to my channel. I will end by saying the keys to happiness are following the path towards knowing oneself. Ancient comedic proverbs.